0: very warm welcome to our guests for coming back you've made it through to episode four which means at this point you're a a long-standing supporter and possibly even sufferer but don't fret it's all been worth it because today we have the honor of introducing our guest from none other than buckingham palace because at the end of the day what's more startup than a grand palace like that so rich
1: what can our uh, listeners actually look forward to hearing from today As you say, we're in Buckingham Palace today, which is very exciting, and we're sitting down with Prince Andrew, the Duke of York. And you might think, how does this have anything to do with starting a company or being a founder or being a leader? But uh, Prince Andrew has actually set up something called Pitch at Palace, which is one of the UK's leading pitch events. And so he's going to talk to us about his 20 years in the Navy and eventually leading to starting uh, Picture Palace and getting involved with the UK's entrepreneurship scene.
0: And, you know, some of the things that he talks about during the podcast involve uh, a very common theme, which is not being afraid of failure and also being realistic about how long it takes to fundraise. So as a man that's actually seen around... Sees around
1: 400
0: startup pitches every single year. I think it's fair to say he's got about as good an
1: understanding
0: as anyone about what it takes.
1: And you were actually one of the pitchers that he saw in the past, weren't you, Dan?
0: That's very true. We're uh, one of the proud winners of Pitch at Palace. And um, I've got to be honest and say that uh, one of the key supporters of our company ever since has been him and therefore the British monarchy. So they certainly do look after you once you've been through the process. And it's probably been one of the most rewarding things. We've ever done. And as a result, it means I get to email him and his team and say, hey, we're recording a podcast. We want to know what Prince Andrew thinks about entrepreneurship and whether he'd like to contribute to our story. And of course, they email back in record time saying yes. So, on that basis, Rich, what do you say we crack on with the show?
1: Let's do it.
2: From Runway East Studios in London, welcome to the Secret
0: Lives of Leaders. Today's guest is, not unlike other guests, considered royalty, just not of the tech kind. In fact, today's guest is none other than His Royal Highness, the Duke of York, Prince Andrew. It's quite a mouthful, so I believe just Prince Andrew to his friends, possibly Andy, but we're not quite on those terms just yet. For a quick summary on the pedigree of our guest here, Prince Andrew is Queen Elizabeth's third child and the sixth in line to the throne. He's a very proud founder of Pitch at Palace, a competition that crowns the best startups in the UK at St. James's Palace, And consequently, his own entrepreneur network is something anyone would be envious of. For a random fact, we're actually conducting this interview in the very place our guest was born, Buckingham Palace. So it's good to know you haven't had to travel far, Your Royal Highness. Now, skipping ahead the usual introductory highlights of our guest's net worth due to successful exits, obviously not relevant in this case, we can focus on one of the most unusual journeys into entrepreneurship, starting from 20 plus years service in the Navy to becoming the international ambassador for trade and investment with UKTI, to eventually the founder of your own fast growing startup, and indeed now scale up as we just discussed. So, without further ado, welcome to our guest, Prince Andrew. Thank you very much indeed. Okay, so can you tell us what is Pitch at Palace? Can you give us an elevator pitch? And if you had under 30 seconds, and if you need longer than 30 seconds, you can pretend you're in the Burj Khalifa. <laughs>
2: Uh, Pitcher Palace is a very simple formula of um, putting an audience of um, business people, mentors, friends, uh, investors on one side and on the other side entrepreneurs and then to make them network and there is a pitching element but that is purely to raise awareness of what each of the businesses does Um,
0: and then we have just expanded that over time. Okay, you have five minutes. (laughs) to describe oh yeah i know i've 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 been i've been advised uh that that timekeeping is part of the fun part of uh, of working with you on this so you have five minutes to describe your professional career to give us some insight into how you got from birth inside buckingham palace and school in scotland to the navy and subsequently running this country's best entrepreneurship community
2: um i got to the navy by uh, my father in the garden here at buckingham palace Um, landing a helicopter on the lawn and showing me what it was all about. And that was what, um, as it were, first sparked my interest in in becoming a helicopter pilot. Uh, School was at uh, a prep school in Heatherdown, um, which was five interesting years. And then on to Gordonston. I didn't appreciate Gordonston as much as... um, At the time, I didn't appreciate it very much, but I can assure you that it is fundamentally... The reason why I am who I am, um, and you don't realise it when you're there. So then went to then joined the navy um, and uh, became a helicopter pilot, uh, and spent most of my career flying helicopters um, and doing ancillary work around uh, the aviation world for 22 years, and then uh, was headhunted out um, to come and and. and um, become the Special Representative for International Trade and Investment, um, which was a post that, that was previously filled by the Duke of Kent as the Vice Chairman of the Board of Trade. But under, there was a review undertaken by the government as to how we were going to develop international trade and inward investment. And they decided that they needed somebody to, to uh, amplify that work, but not from within government. Mm. Uh, and so um, I was, um, I'd was i spoken about it to one or two people and they came to me and asked whether I would, whether I would do it. And I said, yes, of course I would do it. Um, I didn't have a great deal of experience of doing it, but I'd had a huge amount of experience of, of, of going around the world in the Navy and seeing how um, the relationships are the key aspects of how um, we can improve our uh, trading relationship. So I did a, 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 a number of years, I think it was about 10 or 11 years of doing uh, 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 that. And then um, when we had the financial crisis in 2008-09, we'd already started to think about, um, uh, okay, what's the next play in supporting international trade? With the financial crisis, that, as it were, altered slightly, and we looked at specifically... Um, if we're going to be a prosperous nation then we're going to have to invest in education and skills at the basic level we're then going to have to invest in science technology and engineering which are three areas where key areas where the UK has a an advantage uh, and has an experience and knowledge and has a a, a, as it were a, a creative advantage over other other places and then If you invest in those, then you're going to have to carry on and invest into businesses uh, and small and medium-sized enterprises to grow them so that they can trade internationally. And all the way through, it's about people. So it's giving people skills, giving people knowledge, and then giving people the capability of doing business. So it's all about those, those, those three areas. And those three stepping stones led us... To think about, okay, does the venture capital system work in the UK based on what we see um, around uh, the tech world, mm. where startups aren't looking for huge amounts of money, but they're looking for a, a, a different type of, of service than the venture capital um, community is prepared to give them? So there was a mismatch in delivery of what they wanted and what venture capital was prepared to give them. So should I become a venture capitalist and actually deliver that? And we tried that and, and, and we spent about nine months hunting around in about, um, what, it was about 2012,
0: 13, wasn't it? In what sense? Was there an idea to set up a royal fund or something?
2: No, I was going to set up my own fund. Oh, I mean, yes. we were going to do, we, we, we also thought about a, a crowdfunding mm. platform. That sort of f- fell away when we thought, well, okay, let's do this. But then when we looked at it, it was too narrow. We were never going to be able to uh, use all the advantages that a member of the royal family had to be able to amplify the work that, that entrepreneurs are doing. And um, it was uh, a conversation that I was having with um, Tom Hume, that's it, um, from Google Ventures. From Google Ventures. Yeah. And I was having a conversation with him and I said, Look, we've got this conundrum going on in our minds and we know that that doesn't work. We're not quite sure what does work. We've got all these resources and capabilities stored, if you understand what I mean, in, in, in this organization. How do we apply it? And, and he said, Dead simple. You just need to be an accelerant to business. Ah. Hmm. Oh. Easy. Mm-hmm. We can't be an accelerator. Yeah. We can't be, um, uh, we, can't, we, don't, we don't have the space for, to be an accelerator. But we can actually add value and amplify to um, entrepreneurs and businesses. So we came up, we'd already tried um, a small pitch event for very early stage um, um, businesses. We'd done one. And it, all the people that had come had got all their money out of that. So we Mm. thought, okay, well that might work, so let's try that. And so we we set off with Pitch of the Palace, um, and the first one didn't have great ambition. In fact, it's never really had great ambition other than to provide a service. Um, And just through uh, 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 as it were doing it once, and then people saying, well that's a clever idea, could you do it again? Yeah, okay, we'll do it again. And this nice little furry creature that was sitting on my Hand has grown into a, a man-eating lion that sits in the corner and wants to be fed every day, because the more we hear about it, mm. more people hear about it. They go, hang on a minute, that's actually quite useful. But what marks us out as different from other um, um, pitching organisations, if if apart from that, the venue? Well, as the venues, yes. The venue's designed to be intimidating. That's that's, that's red and green. So
0: someone that grew up there, designed even for you to be intimidating. <laughs> no, it's
2: not for me. It's for, it is for everybody else. Yes, yes of course. But on both sides. But it just yeah. it just focuses people's minds on what's going on. But we've we've looked at this from a different perspective, which is that most startup businesses are looking to find ways of being able to, first of all, get mentoring and getting help, so that they can find their way through the the, the morass of of problems that 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 businesses face the second thing is is to find ways of getting them into supply chains or distribution systems because by getting a a business into a supply chain or a distribution system means that they're generating revenue and once you're generating revenue regardless of whether you um are actually profitable the fact that you're generating revenue and actually conducting business and doing things and receiving money and, and people are actually trading with you, your investor is going to have more belief in you. And so, therefore, the investment is the last bit of the of the, of the chain because you're then better. Because very few people are now um, investing in growth businesses alone. They've got to show some form of, of, of return. Great ideas, unless it has some method of being able to turn... Um, uh, have a turnover and and eventually some form of profit is not going to be invested in. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And so that's the last bit of the the chain. So we're much more focused on actually creating the networks, the connections and, and, and the other activities that mean that investment is inevitable. And again, coming back to this problem about being a venture capitalist or not being a venture capitalist, we're interested in the person. We're interested in the, in the human being that is the entrepreneur or the, or the idea. And hopefully they will come back and do have new ideas and more ideas. But the venture capital world in this country, and to some extent on the east coast of the United States, comes from a financial services-derived background. Very much so. And so they're looking at the problem from the point of view of track record and um, whether or not it's a good enough project. They're not looking at it from the individual individual point of view. Because the point person you are when you're investing in an individual, it's a completely different dynamic to investing in a project or a track record. Second time round, if you've been if you've been through a pitching event and been successful and turned over um, and, and grown and then you come back with another idea, it's, it's much easier to get the to get the funding because you then have track record mm. here. Mm. It's a it's 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 all about this educating but it's educating the other side as well. It's educating the, the investor community here.
0: And it's an iterative for, process.
2: so they can actually help in many more ways than just giving them money. Mm. Because it's their connections. Oh, you need to go and see that person because they can they'll Take your product, or they'll invest in you because we know them and we can talk to them. So it's it's the connection value mm. that, that 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 we look at. Um, and, and and
0: sorry. You're gonna... No, so I think I think speaking at it from uh, obviously past um, past attendee participant, um, the the thing you say about the intimidating um, event space and just the process. A real win, a real great thing that you're forced to do, you have no choice but to do, is refine a three-minute pitch that's going to impress everyone about how you sell your business and what it does and really refining that. And, you know, just speaking from the personal experience, I've never in my life spent so long practicing a way of describing my business, but that's so healthy. You don't set yourself aside time to do that you're actually so busy doing. You don't actually think about what's the smartest, best, most efficient way that I can sell my business in three minutes. Um, Consequently, you know, um, I would say it's a very healthy thing to force entrepreneurs to do, to really think about what is the crux of what we're trying to do. And so, like, as as an experience from uh, actually driving entrepreneurs to focus on important things, that's actually been a really healthy maybe byproduct, probably not It's very intentional in the process, but...
2: The pitching bit isn't necessarily um, the, 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 the be-all and end-all. It's the, 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 the focus of, of what we're trying to do is to is to find businesses that can be successful, find businesses that are of um, an innovative uh, um, in the innovative space that are going to come up with new ideas and ways of solving problems that haven't necessarily been thought of before. Mm-hmm. And much of this is about can we solve problems? Now, therefore, that feeds straight back into the first stage of the process, which is in in, in terms of educating and skills, which is that are we creating the next generation of problem solvers? Because if we are, then the the, the chances are they will then spin out and become more more new businesses mm. um, in in the future. So it all has it's all interrelated up and down that up and down that that, that, that that space, if you know what I mean. From, yeah, and of course it's actually
0: promoting entrepreneurship as a concept in itself in Britain, which is important as well.
2: Yes, there's another thing you have to understand is that is that um, because I'm interested in skills and education, science, technology, and then entrepreneurs, that doesn't mean that entrepreneurship and enterprise is not equally important at, at, at the education and skills level as it is in the science and technology at universities. Mm-hmm. So we've got a number of projects that we are running or, or are or party to that lead into that. So I'm a um, um, patron of the, of the Peter Jones Foundation and we have Tycoon in Schools, which is, again, is another way of getting kids or young people to understand at sort of 15 to 17, to understand that actually you can start a business mm. and not only can you start a business, but you can do it in um, four weeks. Um, And there are certain lessons that you learn in that process. One is leadership, the other one is adaptability, and the other one is decision-making. And and so you're, you're, you're adding value to the education system all the time, and entrepreneurship does that. And what's been interesting in Tycoon in schools is to watch how not only do the teachers learn from it, but how ambitious some of the ideas are. Now in the first year they were they were making small beads and and and, and um, putting them around um, their wrist and then selling them in the school. Mm. By year three, they'd managed to um, import shea butter from West Africa and were making cosmetics. Now that shows how how you know the 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 the, the, the whole thing can change just through a little bit of of, of thought process. Mm. So each year the ideas got more innovative and interesting. Um, and it's not the same people. It's a new class, but they've built on the shoulders of the previous class. So you're starting to, to create that. And then they realise that actually, well, maybe it's not quite as difficult
0: to start your own business when we, when we leave university or school, or whatever they choose mm-hmm. to do. I'm especially a big fan on that, simply because um, one of my, I think, issues growing up is I didn't know about entrepreneurship as a concept. And actually, it's funny because... My father ran a business all his life, but he'd never called himself an entrepreneur. It wasn't that. He was just a family businessman. That's just what it was. And in school and then in university, I went to Nottingham. And you're basically told you can be a management consultant or a lawyer or an accountant or a banker. You don't really know about this whole entrepreneurship thing. It hasn't actually been taught in school. It hasn't been in the process of growing up. It wasn't a thing. So I think this is really healthy to make it a thing that you lead up to.
2: It's uh, Being an entrepreneur is a state of mind. And in many cases, the really good entrepreneurs are those that understand the what-ifs. And this comes back to my point about being in the Navy, is that all our training is about what if X or Y mm-hmm. or Z happens. How do you adapt to that? Because, and as I, as I, as I say to, to all entrepreneurs who are doing things, when they start something... No plan outlasts first contact with the enemy.
0: So, um, coming back to uh, the actual process, so having been through it, I know it's actually a lot of fun, as well as well a lot of fun from the participant uh, uh, it side. I would imagine, obviously, setting up it's probably a lot more stressful than that. Um, how many startup pitches do you think you've actually seen in the last two and a half years? Actually seen,
2: oh yeah, four hundred, yeah. but actually applied is well over a well well over a thousand plus. Sure.
0: But, I mean, um, you've you personally seen probably about 400, which actually would yeah. make you one of the uh, most informed, um, you know, person with a pulse on actually the wide variety of concepts that are out there. Um, I guess, hard question for you to answer, but everyone has a favourite. So which is the best one? Which one have you seen in particular that really stood out to you? And don't worry, I'm not going to be offended.
2: I, uh, there, there've been numerous uh, ones, but the one that, 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 that is currently um, top, um, is the, the 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 last winner drenched drenched um, for a number of reasons uh, 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 quite apart from the fact that 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 um, he did an absolutely outstanding pitch in Sheffield at um, uh, at the Advanced Manufacturing Research Centre, which was the first time we saw him pitch on tour, um, and we all went oh wow that's really clever, mm. and then. Uh, at boot camp, the next stage, when when uh, we next saw him, he made a complete hauling of his pitch and didn't do a very good job. Um, and so I I decided that he should pitch because he needed to do another pitch. Um, and then Her Majesty decided that she was going to come to pitch and see what was going on. And I had a plan that had her meeting the, all the entrepreneurs and then carrying on. Um, uh, she had a plan to actually come to and sit in the pitch, in 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 in, in for a pitch. And mm. I thought, oh dear, that means I've got to choose one to pitch. And I went, he made such a bloody mess of his pitch; <laughs> it has to be drenched.
0: What pressure! That's amazing. So,
2: well, actually, no, he did get he did get a little bit of of warning, um, and uh, uh, he pitched uh, an excellent pitch right in front of the queen. Um, uh, and explained that he'd actually brought um, the device with him and it was in the, in the, in the gents' loo. Actually, there was one of the ladies' loo as well. Like we didn't know that at the time. So on the way out, I was saying to the Queen, it's in the gents' and so she said, oh, really, I must see this. So whilst everybody else was upstairs, we went downstairs with the Queen and all her staff and demonstrated the, 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 the drenched tap. And it is remarkable that everybody tried it, apart from the Queen, she had gloves on, but everybody tried it and it's extraordinary. This is a device that when you turn the tap on normally in order to wash your hands you will use roughly between 1.5 and 2 litres of water. Because you don't understand um, how much is wasted, what they've done is they've devised a device that fits into the tap that, that reduces the flow rate but increases the, the spray rate and it it's a it's a patented uh, device um, and it reduces the amount of water that you need to wash your hands to 50 milliliters mm. but it has exactly the same effect as if you turn the tap on it feels the same and it's all to do with what your eye sees what your brain perceives and what is the actual activity on the surface area of the hand and what's required obviously to make it clean yeah, yeah. But, 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 but but and 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 so in terms of, when I've spoken to people about this, they all go, I've got to have it. Now, I, he put, after I saw him, what, three or four days later, and he'd said that he'd had, um, no, it was a week later, um, and he'd had uh, eight taps in the Unilever headquarters, and they'd measured that in a week, he'd saved seven tons of water. Wow. Now, if you think about that, if you take that to an urban environment in a country that has little water, just to be able to save that—that's why it's the—it's—it's it, it's so, not only is it an innovative idea, it's a little bit of engineering, um, it's manufacturing, uh, and, and it's going to do things that that most other businesses mm. hadn't hadn't thought it's high of. High impact, and it, and and it will be it will be extraordinary. And mm. we're looking to see if we can get it in all the public spaces at Windsor Castle. Um because that's gonna save a lot of water usage. Um, and you just put it on the cold tap. It's dead easy. Mm.
0: It so actually brilliant. that's the one that's top of the flavours at the moment. That's fair. Uh, and I think a pretty good reason why, apart from being the most current, it's also, as you say, the most applicable and incredibly um smart, psychological. But it's a
2: simple
0: device, yeah, thought up
2: cleverly by an engineer, and then executed it's not you see it's not necessarily always the clever idea that um, answers the question mm. now you, there are others that, 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 that I mean there I mean all the ones that have come through um, a, 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 the system I mean I can't name them all but they've all been very interesting some are more complicated than others this happens to be a quite simple one
0: mm. so as entrepreneurship is all about ups and downs It'd be easy to assume that you've had more ups than downs in your journey, but could you actually tell us some of the challenges you faced while setting up Pitcher Palace and how this has gone from an idea to, as you call it quite often, a vociferous beast?
2: You have to, you have to look at this as um, uh, the swan. Mm. Okay? I am the neck of the swan, all right, which is the bit that you see. What you don't see is what the feet are doing under the water, which are paddling like hell to keep the neck um, in that sort of rather graceful uh, Mm. position. Um, And that is, uh, as it were, the whole of the team. They are the ones that are doing the paddling. And in many cases, they don't tell me when they've got a paddling issue. Right, okay. Okay, so I'm not necessarily (laughs) fully conversant with all all the things. But... We are very, very aware that um, Pitch um, has now established itself in the UK. It is establishing itself in the global market. But we need to be very careful how we expand uh, and scale because uh, we do actually have... a a finite number of people and a finite number of of resources to be able to achieve that particular aim. But looking at it on the other side, what are we doing? Well, just in the UK alone, we've created something somewhere in the region of 700 jobs um, in two and a half years. Uh, We've probably um, done somewhere in the region of 250 to 300 million pounds worth of economic activity as a result of, of investments into or selling or whatever else it is that, that has yep. gone on in those in those businesses and the numbers of businesses that have been through the number of the 42s I can't remember because they've changed somewhat um, it's it's in the region of, of 400 of these of, of, of businesses that we've seen um, and some of them are, 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 are the interesting question I don't know the answer to it is um, how many of them have pivoted or failed Mm. and it's not a very high percentage.
0: So I mean ultimately you know I think the uh, one of the main things well two of the main trends in entrepreneurship in Britain and you touched on it anyway is actually you know a uh, dealing with well-being and mental health and and stressful activities the second Mm -hmm. is being comfortable to fail and you know not everything can succeed if everything was successful all the time you'd have a never-ending peak. So. But I'm,
2: I'm I'm a great believer that if you understand how to what to, what failure means and how to fail, and you do that early enough in your in your career, and, and I was one of the things that that, that and I come back to what Gordonston did for me. One of the tenets of 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 Kurt Hahn was that you have to be given a challenge or responsibility where the logical outcome of what you are being asked to do is failure. failure. Because that then means that, that you're being stretched.
0: Mm.
2: And as a, as a child, you're being stretched. And if you do fail, you understand what failure feels like and, 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 and is. Now, you're not going to make the same mistake twice. If, mm. if, you, if, if you do make the same mistake twice, then nobody's going to invest in you. I mean, it's, you just don't go down that and make the same yeah, mistake no, twice. You know, it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you stick your fingers in the plug and get electrocuted, you're not going to do it again. Same thing, yep, yep. and it's and the same thing in business because there are people who are employed. There are people who are supplying you. You don't go through that process um, lightly. So you've got to understand that failure, and once you've understood mm-hmm. that failure, and it doesn't matter at what, what stage you, 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 you learn it, you're going to be much better uh, the next time round.
0: I think it's touching on the boundaries there as well. I think like, you know, a key skill is really just being relentlessly resilient you know, if you can bounce back, yep. Um, the things you learn the second time round. You say, you know, the faster you fail, realistically, as long as you can do it gracefully, the sooner you'll bounce back and actually have a positive impact. Uh, but, but, I mean, uh, you
2: have to take into account that in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, many businesses failed, but they didn't fail because their entrepreneur or their business model was incorrect. The circumstances in which they found themselves in the general economy was such that they could not continue Mm. to to survive. Now, that's a different set of circumstances to, uh, as it were, starting something up and realising, oh, this is not going to
0: work. Probably make you tougher because it's out of your control. Exactly. Yeah. If you're trying to grow your startup and you're dealing with companies outside of the UK, you're probably going to need ISO 27001 at some point. It's not the sexiest acronym, but it's basically the global standard for proving your security practices are up to scratch, like how you handle customer data. The same goes with SOC 2, you're going to need it if you're a SaaS company. But achieving these security frameworks can be very tedious and very costly. This is where our partner, Vanta, comes in. Vanta automates up to 90% of the work for certifications like ISO 27001, SOC 2, GDPR, HIPAA, and more getting you audit-ready in weeks instead of months, and saving you up to 85% of the cost. And as a special offer, our listeners get 20% off Vanta. Just head to vanta.com slash secretleaders. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash secretleaders for 20% off. There's a link in the description. Look, you know I'm fascinated by AI. you want to be able to see things objectively, like it's taking you too long to hire. You want to do performance reviews well, having clear goals for people that are logged in a centralized system. And you want to do all these things in one simple tool without having to become an HR expert. All of this is possible with Personio. Check it out at personio.com forward slash secret leaders. That's personio.com forward slash secret leaders. There's a link in the show notes. Um. Where are you planning to take Picture Palace? What are the next destinations specifically? That's a very interesting question. We're, next
2: year, we're going to China, um, Australia, and to the Middle East. And we're looking at, um, we've taken it this year to Latin America through Mexico. Um, and we've taken it to um, Estonia and Malaysia. Um, again, that's the first stage. and what we're, what we're going to do is to, is to try and go to areas so if you take China, we're going to go um, province by province uh, and then uh, have a China pitch. Uh, Australia, it'll really be state by state. Um, in the Middle mm. East, in the, in the first instance, it's going to be just the seven emirates. And then from there, it's going to be um, the GCC. So we'll spread it to those. So we spread it to logical small groups of, 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 of countries which are manageable. We'll probably do it in the um, uh, Southern African Development Community, so SADC, so there'll be a few countries in Southern Africa. We'll try and do it in in, uh, West Africa. Um, uh, Do you have a time scale for all of this? Um, This will just sort of uh, expand as time becomes available. Um, uh, There is a finite amount of time, but we can squeeze a little bit of, of, of time. And if we've by 2018, I suspect that we will be able to do um, probably six international pitches a year.
0: So founders usually, uh, well, quite often, famed for setting up a business based on an exit. But of course, in this scenario, there is nothing really to exit. I, I guess I'm curious about the ambition of where you see an end in sight, if there is one. If actually this is, you know, your your purpose on the planet for the rest of your life. For now that it started, you well, you've if got you. A... Stick with that.
2: If if you look at at traditional businesses that that, that we understand today, then they've lasted, in many cases, for hundreds of years. The business of today, the digital business of today, may well not last for more than about 20 to 25 years uh, for two reasons. One of which is that technology is changing so fast. You, You... expand and grow very, very quickly, deliver a service, but then you become too big to be able to be flexible enough to to iterate into the next one. So you've got to kill it and go back, start with six people, five people, and then then build it it up. So the speed with which this is going to happen is probably going to to narrow down. But in my case, in pitch, they're all going to need the services of pitch at some point in the future. We're still going to be creating new ideas all the time, and we're still going to need to amplify them, and we're still going to need to, to um, uh, as it were, create that environment where investors, mentors, friends, connectors can all meet to be able to um, uh, deliver on uh, new businesses. So I've, I don't see an exit from this, and I don't think I designed it with an exit,
0: you're one man, right? So how, if it expands to all these different countries over so many years, have you almost in a very cheeky way created a legacy for the royal family, where, where forevermore, you know, whoever else is going to be in the royal family in 100 years, you know, they're actually going to have to be participating because Pitch at Palace is something that you started, but it's not Pitch to Prince Andrew, it's Pitch at Palace. And it's a concept based around the monarchy, realistically. so do I have not thought about that.
2: But I suspect there'll be somebody along coming along to, 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 d- to follow so. me follow me along. <laughs>
1: um,
2: um, I mean, I yes. Um, I mean, I've already created it in such a way that that um, the uh, the organisation doesn't require me sure. to, to to operate it. Um, I, I, but that again, you see, comes back to my naval training about delegation. Um, you delegate early in order to be, free your mind up to be able to come up with the next um, idea and I'm sure I'll come up with more ideas. I've already come up with a couple that, that a man says oh that's a good idea and then goes oh that bloody hell
0: am we supposed to fix that one? <laughs> So coming up with lots of ideas all the time does sound like the typical trait of an entrepreneur so do you see yourself as one? I didn't,
2: I didn't until I did this.
0: Okay. Do, 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 you, think, do you think if you could remove your, your title and your label of being part of the royal family, that's actually what you'd gravitate towards as a person? Now you've had a taste?
2: Probably. I don't know. Um, I mean, I think it's just... It, it, it's just uh, uh, this actually is a force of circumstance in the sense that, that, that I was doing what I was doing. Realised that there was a gap in the market at a strategic level to invest in in the UK, so therefore, because I come from that perspective, would I think in another way if I wasn't trouble? Is it, no? I don't think I would. I'd still think the same way.
0: So, if not, okay. So, not if you wouldn't describe yourself as an entrepreneur, how would you describe yourself?
2: Um, I do now uh, feel that what I am doing is entrepreneurial because it's innovative, it's creating opportunities, um, it's solving a problem. Um, so, am I? Am I? I used to define myself as a solutions provider. So if that is an entrepreneur by another means, then yes, I'd probably be a solutions provider.
0: Got a nice quote for you, but George W. Bush famously said, the French have no word for entrepreneur, which we always love to quote because we find it quite uh, quite a, a funny comment from a world leader, but we always ask our guests this, can you define the word entrepreneur? And if it makes you feel better... Rarely can any of us actually define it. The
2: actual it is, definition. It is, it is a person who has an idea and who turns that idea uh, into a viable product or service.
0: Much um, spot
2: on. That uh, requires innovative um, thinking.
0: How do you hope your best friends and special advisors, those that spend the most time with you, would, you, would describe you?
2: Um, uh, probably a bit of a driver um, in the sense that I'm always coming up with ideas and, um, and suggesting those those ideas. So I'm, I'm pushing the boundaries uh, all the time um, at pitch and just sort of and, 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 and testing um, and so the board is is continuously mo- pushed by me to, mm. to go into into new things and new directions. Sometimes they come back and say yes. Sometimes they come back and say no, um, which they are perfectly entitled to do. But there are, uh, I mean, ie we've 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 now decided to disassociate pitch on tour from pitch at the palace. Previously, pitch at the pitch on tour was a Feeding mechanism for pitch at the palace. Mm. It will be a feeding system for Pitch at the Palace, but it won't be tied to the next pitch. It might be. Do you see what I mean? Because there are many, many more ideas out there. And if we narrow those ideas on tour to, to just think we're missing a huge um, amount of the possibilities. And then once we've seen people coming through, we can then we can then so that will just carry on as a programme around the countryside mm. to do pitch-on tours. And then Pitch to the Palace will take, we'll, we'll take the feed from there, plus those that apply. Now, if we take that and you add what the, uh, the global bit is going to be generating, so, I mean, Latin America produced six or seven um, startups. Which they went through. Um, if you take 500 a throw, um, we are going to be seeing seeing in the region of between three and four thousand startup businesses on an annual basis through Pitch at the Palace. Yeah, quite a remarkable number. Which is a remarkable number of of, 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 of businesses. Exciting to know there's
0: that many ideas out there, frankly.
2: Well, because because if you're doing it in China, there are many more ideas. Yeah. If you're doing it in Australia. You're you're broadening. So you're seeing a a much broader selection Mm. of 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 startups. In many cases, they're coming up with not necessarily dissimilar ideas. um, Put their own take on it. But they put their own take on it. Mm. Now, the question is whether or not partnering with somebody from another part of the world who's got a similar idea. So eventually, Pitch will be a platform which has entrepreneurs on one side, an audience on the other side. Um, it's a matter of curating how the entrepreneurs get to the audience and the the right members of the audience globally. Mm. And to some extent, there's also the possibility of, hang on, that entrepreneur needs to come through the platform and meet that entrepreneur.
0: So interestingly, a man that comes up with uh, a lot of ideas very quickly, too many for his team to manage, and is constantly open to iteration, sounds quite a lot like a startup CEO, to be honest. (laughs) Sounds like a, a very familiar tale. Um, okay, I usually uh, ask our esteemed guests for uh, the number of a family friend, a family member or an old friend, but as you didn't pass Her Majesty's contact details on, I instead went to uh, <laughs> some Pitcher Palace alumni, and I asked them for some feedback on how they described you. Um uh, there's a couple of people you'll actually know but i'm going to leave it anonymously but um this is across the board so i actually uh reached out to 10 people when it, uh, i've got two excerpts here but it's actually all the same really which is um anonymous one uh, i'd say he's impressively tech savvy he could probably take a back seat and pitch at palace but he doesn't he genuinely understands and seems really into what everyone's doing and is quite thrilled by it all this is a good thing in my book um, so you get the uh, good thing, in my, I, I left the good thing in my book part because I thought it was quite funny. Um, the second uh, the second comment here, having had the honour of meeting His Royal Highness the Duke of York a couple of times now, I think he is really approachable, which is cool knowing he's a member of our royal family, as it makes you proud to be British and a very driven person and he has my full respect for that. So is this the kind of uh, feedback that you uh, you find yourself commonly getting over the last couple of years?
2: That's very kind of them to say that, um, uh, and I'm very grateful. Uh, the the um, since we started Pitch, um, uh, we've obviously hit on something that uh, was needed, or if it wasn't needed, is is, is is something that 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 is providing a solution, and because we're providing it, it's being delivered in a way that, that, that gives them a sense of pride in what they're doing. Uh, and so we're getting quite a lot of good feedback back about what it is that we're delivering. And that's, mm. um, that's helped us enormously, first of all, to get it right. And if there's constructive criticism, we need it in order to change it. Sometimes you could take the constructive criticism and try and do something and then, and then make, a, make a mistake. But we, 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 I've got enough people mm. within the team now to be able to take all the constructive criticisms uh, and, and, and balance it out as to what is something that we should follow and what, what we shouldn't follow.
0: Can you share an interesting fact that most people won't know about you? Do you have any random skills? We now know you're a helicopter pilot, but then again, so is Rich, our producer. So A random fact? Or an interesting fact? Um, I can cook. <laughs> What's your favorite recipe?
2: oh well that depends on I, I, I cook on a barbecue. I don't sort of cook into the I in can
0: cook in the kitchen, but I, I just do it for fun. I don't do it for, for, for anything okay, so It's, a, it's, a, it's of... a
2: random useless fact I can cook.
0: Okay, a meaty, a meaty manly uh, barbecue then. All right, so we know where we're going in the summer, thank you. Um, so a lot has been said lately on founder wellbeing and mental health in general so do you have any personal hacks do you do anything like meditation do you work out do you have like a fitness regime you're obviously I was quite wondering where you were going with that one (laughs) (laughs) it's okay so you know you're a a photogenic man and you have to be because you're in the press I don't I don't
2: don't, uh, do one thing to the exclusion of all else um which therefore I mean every day uh, to my mind is a, is is a uh, is a day at university because I'm constantly moving from one subject to the next um, and so your 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 brain exercises if you see what I mean are different each time so for instance I mean today for I've, I've, I've been working at, at home on a number of number of different things I've then come in to town um, I've had a, a lunch and an investment meeting with the um, president of Namibia and then talking to you and then I've got more meetings later on. And they're all on different subjects. So one's not, as it were, continuously mm-hmm. focused on one activity. So that was one thing I would do, which, was, which is to say spread the activity load and, and, and brain function. The other one is is don't sit at a desk for longer than 20 minutes without standing up and walking about. Because otherwise you become completely hunched, and you'll do yourself a physical injury. And much of the problem of of uh, desk life is is posture. So if mm. you find something that, that works for you, then 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 use it. And the other thing is is that is that get outside and get some fresh air, um, um, at least once a day. Yeah. Um, and, and if you, I mean that doesn't mean getting out at lunch and going for a walk in in a city. That means getting out and, and, and going to the park and do yeah. it rather than than.
0: So this final section is just on uh, lessons, really. So, what mistakes do you see entrepreneurs making that actually frustrates you?
2: Um, Funnily one, enough, one very simple one, is, and that is not recognizing how much lead time you need to give um, decisions. Um, and you suddenly, if you suddenly come up with a, with a, for example, money investment, in order to 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 um, uh, achieve investment you need to have thought about it two years in advance because it'll take that long for somebody to actually make their mind up you might be very lucky and somebody go yeah I'll do that now bang done but you've got to allow time to do it but if you wake up one morning with a week's notice going god I'm going to need some money that's not going to solve the problem no, so in, 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 in many respects that you, you're going to have to you're going to have to look at, at that, um, and it's the decision-making cycle. And the other one is is, is not being adaptive.
0: Okay, so two there. What, what's the biggest lesson you've learned running pitch at Palace?
2: Uh, trust in your team. Because I running? know, I know, I know that they can do it, mm-hmm. um, and and so it's 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 the knowledge that 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 having done the first one. And the second one, and then by that stage they've got it right. They know what to, they know what to do, and let them get on with it. Don't a lot, love to fear.
0: A lot of CEOs of companies have mentors or coaches that help drive them. Do you have anything like that? It, do you have like a mentor or someone that actually helps you along this journey?
2: I use a number of different um, mentors, both internal and external, okay. um, because it's 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 always worth testing things on different people. For different, different ideas, so different so we right. test we test ideas out on, on on people, and people come back and say, "Well, that's stupid. That's going to fail because of that." And you go, "Oh, I hadn't thought of that." And so it's 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 more a mind clearing exercise.
0: What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given?
2: My father. Just get on and do it.
0: Hmm, it's like uh, the Royal Justo at Nike slogan instead. <laughs> Um, okay, he invented great.
2: that long before Nike was around. <laughs> Do
0: you think we can uh, maybe sue? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> give, give, give a chronological <laughs> timeline. I mean, like you basically just you know borrowed from our original statement, and as such, we'd like these royalties. <laughs> um, so, what's the uh, what's the best advice you could give to budding entrepreneurs that will be listening? Apart from obviously apply to pitch at Palace, what is the advice that whilst they're running their day to day that you think you could give them? You have
2: it, all, all of you have it in you um, to be successful. It is about recognising what you're not good at and finding somebody who is good at that and bringing them into your team.
0: If you weren't part of the Royal Family and could do this all again, would you still go into the Navy? Yes. Excellent, I thought you'd say that. Um, would you want us to be part of the entrepreneurship Entrepreneurship ecosystem still.
2: Well, now that I've now that I know what um, it involves, yes, absolutely.
0: And if you could I mean, be... they're, they're,
2: listen, entrepreneurs are a very very interesting group of people, um, and and I have a tremendous amount of time and respect um, for people who actually want to get out there and do it themselves. Mm. I mean, just by way of example, one of the one of the uh, organisations that I'm also um, associated with is is um, Rotherham ready which is now called are you ready and that comes about from the fact that that the coal mines all closed in Rotherham and so they were with generations in the coal mining industry they had to completely changed their attitude so they came up with a plan to make play and the sculpture of the school enterprising so they went right from 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 um, the, the very earliest so five, all the way through. They made it all uh, enterprising. And I was up there um, a, a couple of years ago and I was really impressed with, with, with little seven-year-olds who were having conversations about competition and collaboration and they were playing about enterprise and then discovering that there were a couple of 17-year-olds, one of whom, one girl who just was in the process of leaving school and she could deliver a frozen cheesecake anywhere in the United States, handmade, handmade, and she could deliver it anywhere in the UK in twenty-four hours. I mean, it's, that's that's why I think that you know they're really fascinating. The mm. earlier you get into it, the easier it is later on, and you just carry on doing it. They're all worried about time.
0: Of course. Well, time time is pressure. So we'll. Uh... We will ask one final question, which is, uh, but we'll put it in two. So, if you oh, could be, if you could be, a, well, we've got to be cheeky with it, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we, we obviously respect time here. But so, if you could be a regular citizen and therefore an employee of any company on Earth, and also, same question, the CEO of any company on Earth, which ones would you choose?
2: Oh, I'd be CEO of my own.
0: So you wouldn't, okay. Um, uh, As the employee
2: of the Royal Navy,
0: employee of the Royal Navy. Uh, Okay, so to anyone actually uh, young enough to still be making those decisions, I'm I'm taking it you think it would be a great idea for them to go to the Navy before going into entrepreneurship.
2: I um, look, the armed services, regardless of which one you choose, is going to give you a sense of discipline and um, uh, capability that you wouldn't get in any other. Form of activity, with the exception of the legal profession, if you were to undertake law, because it is all about the mind and the attitude of the mind and answering the questions, what if. You're constantly being asked to deal with the with the what ifs and deal with those sorts of circumstances. Now, if you're an entrepreneur, that's precisely what you're being asked to do because you're just you're gonna go what happens if this happens what happens if that happens what am i going to do if this happens and then you could wake up in the middle of the night going ah but that's almost ingrained in a serviceman
0: i think that perfectly leads us into what if you're 15 minutes late to your next appointment so i can only apologize for running on a little bit but i'd like to thank his royal highness For his honest and candid answers and uh, a very unique insight into how the British royal family is supporting the British tech ecosystem and creative ecosystem and actually encouraging entrepreneurship uh, across the whole country so thank you very much not at all you're welcome
2: thank you very much indeed
0: so that was a pretty cool opportunity to spend time in Buckingham Palace, actually interviewing a member of the royal family. I wonder how often we're going to get that opportunity. Obviously, you're tight with the Queen, but how often she's going to be willing to let us into her home, I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I don't think we're going to be invited back ever again. Uh, well, you probably shouldn't have said those things that we had to edit out. Anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on. Um, unfortunately, we don't have uh, royalty next week, but at the same time, we do have a special treat because... For those that have made it past uh, episode four, what you'll find on episode five is an interview with the absolutely awesome Jess Butcher, who is the co-founder of Blipper, which is an augmented reality company that is actually one of Europe's $1 billion plus valued unicorns.
1: It could be augmented royalty. Uh,
0: Well, to be fair, we were were actually in a palace of sorts. We were uh, um, our first guest's home, Nick Jenkins in the countryside. And um, he owns a rather glorious manor uh, a a 17 bedroom estate and we actually recorded that in front of a live audience so um, Rich just before our guests leave us today can you just give them an idea of what they can enjoy in next week's episode what kind of stuff does Jess talk about?
1: Yeah so Jess was really interesting and the, the main thing I got out of it was how to build a business as well as actually raising a family she's Um, managed to build a family in the last five years, whilst also building a billion dollar dollar startup. So I think that is the most incredible thing. So, you know, anybody who's kind of juggling many things, as all founders are, um, that was a great listen.
0: Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories,
1: strategies, tips, and tricks.
0: Told by leading names in sport and beyond
1: who know what it takes to get to the very top
0: there will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow
1: search for mindset win on youtube and on your favorite podcast app so tune in next week and if you haven't already subscribe to us on soundcloud itunes youtube and on the google play store it would also be great if you got any feedback. So uh, you can contact us at hello at secretleaders.com, and you can find all past episodes and show notes at www.secretleaders.com.